Welcome to Span Reads, not your typical rereads podcast, a 17 shard series where we reread Brandon Sanderson's works and are giant nerds about it. Unlike the traditional reread style, we won't be going through each book chapter by chapter, but instead looking at different themes within the series. We will be doing three episodes, reactions and retrospectives, character relationships, and then a third episode on lore. Similar to our Skyward Span Reads, we will be doing full spoilers for these episodes. As such, this is a warning to our viewers and listeners that there will be full spoilers for all Skyward novels, excluding Defiant, from this point forward. Today, we will be talking about the Skyward Flight novellas. Joining me is Jesse. Hello, I am Lady Lameness, and I wish to welcome you all to fall and have a happy Halloween. I have this cool little cauldron mug that says Witch's Brew. So this is coming out after the uh, equinox, so yes. all the solstice. I don't remember what it is. Equinox. It changes seasons in America. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> happy fall, everyone. Uh, <laughs> this comes out October 12th, so I think that's in very fitting. <laughs> I looked it up. It's the 22nd of August uh, because everyone knows you can just remember these things off the top of your head. No, it's, no it's the 23rd of September. Ah, sorry. It's, I meant September. I meant like the current month, not the last one. <laughs> Look, uh, we're, we're recording this early September and I don't like that it's September. You know, I don't like it. Also joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weary Rider. Eric. Hey, I'm Chaos. <laughs> and I'm Misha for Shrimble Rose. If you want a recap of what the Skyward Flight novellas are, you can watch Jess's uh, recap with the link there. Yeah, there's three of them, so I'll put them all in the description. I'll probably just put a card to the Sunreach one. But Yeah, when I made them, it wasn't one book yet. They were individual yeah. novellas. Yes. Can, can I start with a hot take? I, sure. I'm a hot Skyward series take. Okay. okay. Skyward Flight <laughs> is the best in the series. Boom. You heard it here. I think I think I think I enjoyed these more than I enjoyed like I enjoyed my reread of this more than I enjoyed my reread of Skyward. That doesn't mean Skyward like like Skyward is stressful, but these these are also stressful. So like there's parts. It's not just like a fun romp all the time, but I, I think overall these are solid. I think it also helps that like you kind of get three climaxes and it's pretty sweet. So, yeah, I have talked to Eric about this outside of the podcast, and I actually think I agree with this because like I love Skyward the book, but I have so many conflicted feelings now doing the reread of it with like the different expectations than when I first read it, that it just kind of doesn't hit the same for me. And it does kind of lower my enjoyment. Whereas like when these came out, we knew where the series was going. Like Cytonic was out by this point. So we knew what was happening with Spencer. We like were getting what was happening with everyone else, which is kind of what I wanted from the beginning. So rereading them, I got just as much enjoyment as the first time compared to reading Skyward again. And it was just like, I felt kind of jaded. Whereas <laughs> 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 rereading this, I was like, these are great. I think that I did enjoy them a little bit more myself. Um, just because I love the, char like, the way the characters play off of each other. 
it's it's good banter all the time it's just like it's stellar i you know i'm probably gonna put them as my favorite too wow so not Whoa, a hot take like, i i do like the direction the series went yeah like it, it was always like spensa and mbot and weird cytonic stuff which is the story we get but i all i'm also star trek star wars fan i love going new places and we went new places and that's fun but we go new places in star sight and cytonic as well so it's different though in here like but like we go to tolkien elves living on giant trees in a gas giant and like it's cool that's cool it's it's super it's cool Definitely looking at like Cytonic versus these, it kind of felt to me like Cytonic delved so much more into kind of the magic of the series, right? Like we got so much more on Cytonics. And yeah, we were in the nowhere and it was a new place and we got to explore that. But that didn't feel super sci-fi to me. It felt much more like this is a fantasy story that we're following the magic for whereas these novellas gave me so much more of the intergalactic space organizations giant galaxy-wide fights and stuff that i would expect from like a sci-fi series so the novellas really stood out to me as giving more of that sci-fi element versus cytonic giving more of the fantasy element that's fair I would say that these feel a lot more like Skyward, but also dealing with the greater intergalactic conflict, whereas Starsight and Cytonic definitely feel like there's a different tone in them compared with Skyward, whereas this, it feels like Skyward. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah, I, I was just thinking about this. Overall, like the arc of the Skyward series, like it, it's Spencer's story and it's very focused on the Delvers, which Delvers aren't important to these three novellas. Yeah. So like there is that these are, exist outside of that, the main arc of the series and kind of support it in a really nice way that harkens back to what we got in the first book. I have maybe a hot take going off that, though I don't know how much this is actually a hot take anymore. But because um, Starsight sets up two different villains, like you have the Delvers, you have the superiority, and Cytonic deals with the Delvers, like something has to deal with the superiority. And so often, like a novella is there to like give a little bit extra, but it's not like integral to the story, right? These, I think, are integral to the story. I think there needs to be a rebranding where like Cytonic and Skyward Flight are like part one, part two of the third book in this mm. series. Yeah. Because you really, I, I like, I do not think that the fourth book is going to make any sense if you just read Cytonic and don't read these. Like yeah. it's probably going to give some overview, but that feels like it's going to be very unfulfilling if it's just oh here's a bunch of stuff that happened that you didn't read and all this stuff changed and you just have to accept it now yeah. it's like yeah detritus up. now can travel the galaxy i'm like that's a big <laughs> thing that happens <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, nothing Jorgen's important now admiral, like 
Like getting to the end of the cytotic, you want to know how those things happened. And imagine if you just moved on without like a proper explanation. Yeah. I, I remember because what they did was they put Sunreach, Redon, then Cytonic, then Evershore. Uh, and so to like, ooh, you can answer it in Evershore. But yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing how Defiant like sort of deals with both superiority stuff and Delver stuff and mixes all it together because that's that 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 could go poorly maybe but uh so we'll we'll, we'll need to see i think you gotta read this after star sight i think this the way we're doing span reads is the correct reading order i think uh, yeah i i do agree with that wanted to go back to jesse's point of like this being like integral because i want to say early on Brandon spoke about how like Cytonic was supposed to be a split POV yes. with Sensa mm -hmm. and like Jorgen. I, I, I don't know if he ever said the second POV. It would have been Jorgen. But then it's like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it was going to yeah. be Jorgen. Where I think we were going to get a lot of this stuff. And then like when he was writing Cytonic, it's like, nah, like this needs to be like fully focused on Spensa. It's like we got a little few tidbits of Jorgen in the interludes, but the book was Spencer. So yeah. I think with that choice being made, it's like we that's why we got the novella. There's this whole other aspect of the story is like we need to get out. Yeah. 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 We have to tell this other side of the story. Yeah. And with how much happens in the novellas, this was probably the correct call to make them their own books and just instead of trying to squish everything into Cytonic. Because, like, Brandon could have done it and just made a book that was twice as big as any other Skyward book. But that does kind of cause other problems for people who are reading the series and expecting a book of a certain size and then get something double that size. Like, not everyone's actually into that, even though we're, of course, in the fandom that are like, give us more. <laughs> the, the yeah. thing is, is if they put it as one book, like, Admittedly, you could cut some traveling. You could cut some pirate stuff. You could do that with Cytonic. You, 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 yeah. you just could, right? But I feel like if this was the same, like you'd probably like cut a lot of uh, Sunreach stuff. Like mm -hmm. that, that's probably kind of more invented because of the novellas, because now there's space to do it. But mm -hmm. I would worry that the Jorgen plotline felt like the A plot, <laughs> which is maybe not what Brandon wants. Yeah. And I think there's a would have been a big like tone problem. Yes. Yeah. yeah like, yes. Like they're very different plot lines. We're mm -hmm. getting into like we said, we were, we're this is full spoilers for everything. We're talking about Cytonic we, stuff. We have to compare them. Yeah. There's a reason we yeah. have to do it this yeah, way. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, because like Cytonic is so focused on like Spencer, like and the danger of forgetting. And that's just, I don't think that would jive well with this whole arc in the same book. It's a theme problem, right? Like yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it's too disconnected. Yeah, I agree. I actually disagree with that. I think it could be made to work in a comparison of Spencer's going through this 
um, journey of forgetting and becoming complacent and she just wants to rest and everyone else is fighting for their lives and using that as a juxtaposition on each other so that when Spencer finally comes to her decision at the end of Cytonic, you could kind of pull them in together where she knows that she has to go back to what we've been seeing this entire book, mm. which is horrendous for everyone else. And I think Personally, I think that that would have made it a lot more heart-wrenching to have had to watch the horror of the defiance through the whole thing and then watch Spencer make that decision to go back to the kind of awful life in a way that is war versus being able to just set down the load and rest in the nowhere. So I think it could have worked. Not currently as it is. I don't think you could just splice the books together. They would have to be rewritten to a, to an extent. But I think you could play them off each other. That, that's, that's definitely interesting. As much as the theoretical joint book seems like that would just be a better Cytonic with less filler, I don't think these novellas had filler. Like, th there were definitely some mm. slower parts where we we were doing a lot of fun character stuff but i think that character stuff was like really good like i think mm. if anything there was a lot of slug training but also we use the slug so much that we kind of need that as well so like yeah. it, it's it's tricky but i'm really glad that these novellas had a chance to really breathe and shine speaking of that we have made a critical error what's that and that we haven't mentioned Jancy being the right author yeah. of these oh, yeah. yet. Yeah. Because yes. Jancy is amazing and we love Jancy her. Jancy is yes. amazing. Shout out to Jancy. You can look. I'll put a card for our interview with uh, Jancy. She, she, she wrote these. Yeah. Brandon didn't yeah. do that much. <laughs> All things considered. Yeah. My understanding is Jancy wrote basically the entire thing and then it was a back and forth in terms of editing with yeah. brandon instead of like brandon also writing parts so yeah. really like there's still brandon's books as well but jancy is the writer of these books and yeah. she did such an incredible job yeah. i think like picking up the right tones and the characters and matching it to what we've had before oh, yeah considering yeah. she was writing them from scratch and then giving them to brandon yeah and like Brennan was kind of like involved with like ideas and like whenever she's like, I need a cool thing, she would go to Brennan, he would give her a cool thing. It's she's like, yes, gas giants or something. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, what's nice about it is that like Skyward was always supposed to be like a co written thing between the two of them. Like that, that was the original plan. And then oh. Brandon was writing the Apocalypse Guard and it didn't work. And he's like, I need to write a thing oh, so for my YA it. publisher. So he's like, I need to bring forward Skyward to now. And so, and so like the co-writing thing, like timing wise didn't work out then. So it was nice that like we got to this and Brandon's like, we need these novellas. Hey, Jancy, do you want to write these novellas? Yeah. It, Jancy, if you're listening, that. best book in the series. Boom. This one. We we'll love see how you, Jancy. <laughs> yes. And like, she's the one that picked like the three viewpoints, hmm. which like Jorgen originally wasn't on the table and neither was Alanique. But <laughs> thank you, Jancy, for convincing Brandon that 
you needed these characters. Yeah. Like, I can see why Brandon's like, ah, but Jorgen, like, ah, that, that could lead to issues. Like, that's understandable. I am kind of surprised that Jorgen was up in the air because he seems like the really obvious choice based on, like, kind of what we were all expecting when we thought Cytonic was going to be a Jopia B, mm. that it was going to be Spencer and Jorgen. So to me, it seemed really obvious that Jorgen was gonna be one of the POV characters for the novellas. So that that's just wild to me, and I'm so glad we got Jorgen's POV because Evershaw was incredible. Yeah, we'll talk about it in characters next week. But man, because like like Jorgen's so important in all these books, right? Like he's the Cytonic yeah. telling the slugs yeah. to to go places, right? So like he's super integral. But like just getting Jorgen's POV right after Redon, it's like, oh yeah, we're getting to the yeah. juiciest part of this. Yes. And oh, it's so delicious. I love it. It's like stab you in the heart and twist, and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that I read them in a point where in a place where I didn't have to wait for them to come out. Mm. Uh, e- e- yeah, because uh, yeah. yeah, Redon has quite yeah. the, uh, we got some stuff to do, right? Yeah. And having to wait between the end of Redon with the cliffhanger and the start of Evershore, that would have hurt. Like yeah. that, I would have hurt so much with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Jancy did really well to make FM feel very important. Uh, like Sun, mm, Sunreach yeah. is the weakest of them, I think. I still actually really enjoyed Sunreach, to be clear. Like, mm-hmm. I think it started stellar just with the Delver attack. Like, that's exactly what I want. And it just felt like Skyward again, where Starsight felt less like it. So I loved that. But I know Jancy was having difficulty, like getting FM to sort of be the hero type thing for mm-hmm. that one. But she was also very important, and FM and Jorgen's relationship was really important. Sunreach really sets up the other novellas really well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, really well done. And not to get into it too much because I know we'll talk about it next week with yeah. the characters. But the work that Jancy puts in with Sunreach, I think really makes FM blossom when she gets to Evershore and just like ties her character together with what we got in Skyward so well. Whereas kind of before we got that, we got a bit of FM and then it kind of disappeared. Um, Like her ties to the, I can't remember what they were called. The disputers. Yeah. And like, I, I just loved what Jancy did to, bring back that empathy and tie it back in to her caring. Yeah. And then she, she is a much better diplomat than everyone else. <laughs> to be fair, they have no diplomat, so that's not a high bar. Low bar. <laughs> it's yeah. really low bar for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but someone's going to start. Yep. I guess in a way you could say that the, the National Assembly were the diplomats in <clears throat> Redon and uh, yeah, FM's much better uh, at the role, I would say. It's understandable what the Assembly was trying to do. Yeah, the, the superiority, not good, very bad. And I think there's a really interesting parallel that is unintended, but jumps out to me pretty starkly between the Assembly want peace because they've been at war for so long 
and they just want to be able to set down that load they're carrying and not have to continue being on the edge of destruction all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Spencer in the nowhere, basically going through the exact mm-hmm. same conundrum and we get completely different outcomes based on their decisions. And I don't think that's at all intended, but I thought that was such a good parallel between the two stories. Yeah. I like that. What are people's favorite novella of these three? I mean, it's ever sure, obviously. Yeah. I do really love Read On because I love the setting of Read On. Like, that's a very cool, like, visual. And, like, I let's go back there in Skyward Legacy or, like, Defiant and, like, just spend a whole book there. Like, that place is cool. But Evershore is just really, really good. Yeah. Was that your favorite in your first read as well? I think so. Do you have a least favorite? It's technically Sunreach, but not because Sunreach is bad. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's it has bad. less, it's like, it's true. set up, and it, like, it has less of the cool stuff I, that the other two have. There's an initial learning curve to read on, because you're like, oh, okay. But once we get Skyward Flight in read on, it's, there's, like, huge amounts of combat and stuff happening, and... I have trouble exactly remembering what's in Redon, especially reading all these back to back over a day and a half, which is what I did. It, because it's just like, wow, this is this this is great. I'm just reading along, right? But I, I do think Evershore is the best of them. But like Sunreach is good. Redon really builds on that and really has a killer climax, I think. And like both on Redon with uh, getting the platform, blowing up the cannon, love that. And, you know, killing Jorgen's mom, good. But Ever Evershore is just, it has such a massive climax that I'm just like, mm-hmm. we have massive planet-wide battle uh, and Jorgen's just telepathically controlling the battle, basically, and giving orders. And I'm like, I love that. It's good to try they disappearing. Teleport a planet. Teleport a planet. They teleport a planet. Get all yeah. the slugs to help to yeah. come in. Yeah. It's 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 like fine speaks on their behalf. I'm like, oh yes. so good. It's such an absurdly wide-scale climax that mm-hmm. both is great in its own novella like it's its own arc but also completes the arc of the skyward novellas as a whole and get gives conclusions for everyone evershore love it evershore i would say is definitely my favorite now initially i think i was just overwhelmed with how much was actually in the ending like there was so much and it just Mm -hmm. it's kind of like not to go into any details but like the end of oathbringer where it just keeps going and never stops and it's just exhausting to read mm-hmm. and that's yeah. kind of how i felt with um evershore initially whereas now that i know like kind of what's gonna happen like yeah this is amazing this is so good i can't wait to like get through it all yeah. but i think initially my my favorite was sunreach because i was just pulled in by the fm rig relationship so hard it's really good yeah. Like it, I, it I has a good romance. It's kind of weak, but yeah, the romance in it is just yeah. so good. Number one clue, this was not written by Brandon. <laughs> 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 Believable but teenage romance, yeah. 
True. Yeah. I was going to say Jorgen's feelings about Spencer are very realistic, but Jancy wrote them. So So it's like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh Radin's great. And like he has written some good romances (laughs) more recently. Yeah. Like he's continually improving. Jancy is a better romance writer than Brandon is. She's, yeah. Jancy is a known romance writer as yes. well. Like that, that's just like one of her niches. So it's not surprising that like she did this so well. I have so many thoughts, but I have to hold them to the I next. I know. Episode. I know. <laughs> um, I, I will say with Sunreach, I I did still like its conclusion with like FM's fear of losing people, and that like did still like appear a lot mm-hmm. in the later ones. So. Mm-hmm. And I really liked seeing Skyward Five from like Alanique's perspective. I really liked that and integrating that in. I I, I dug it. It's good. I I found Alanique's is like oh like humans are like oh like how did she put it? Whenever like the topic of relationships yes. comes up and like <laughs> yeah, it's like no, it's not that like humans are like uncomfortable with this. It's like it's that they're teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Teenagers are uncomfortable with this. It's it's amazing the species even survived. <laughs> so good. The the it's humor. Like, so good. Yeah, it's like oh. you were raised by your parents. I'm like, that's weird. I mean, like being raised by your grandfather, like it makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Particularly if your parents are going out to work or stuff, like that yeah, does yeah. make a lot of sense. Y- y- I mean, yeah. To be fair, there's the history of both parents being in the military so having a family member step up and be the one to raise them even the um, on earth yeah makes mm-hmm. sense i wouldn't be surprised if that happens to an extent on detritus as well like there's a lot of people who seem to have both parents in the military and if they die then who's going to take care of the kid so like if there is a grandparent like spencer's got um a grandmother presumably if like her dad and her mom died for some reason like grand grand would take care of her yeah mm-hmm. i think it's more grandparents are the default yeah on redon yeah yeah whereas like yeah it happens on like earth and like detritus mm-hmm. but it's because the parents aren't there to do it yeah. yeah, it's almost like when you take it, like when children are raised by a nanny instead yeah. of their parents, yeah. except the nanny happens to be family. I love the humor and banter in these, mm-hmm. but I'm also really impressed that Jancy made the space combat feel stressful, like like legitimately stressful. I, I think mm-hmm. Spensa is just way too good. Even without Mbot, she she's way too overpowered that it was nice to have space battles that gave that sense of stress that Skyward had mm-hmm. and like that real fear of losing people, which I think for the most part, Starsight and Cytonic don't have. Cytonic at the very end, yeah. And I think I was worried that people would die in Starsight, but then they didn't. So, you know. <laughs> No one died. Yeah. <laughs> Literally no one died. But, you know. Hey. Whereas this, though we didn't have a big character death, the the stakes felt very real. Yeah. Well, oh, well, we killed Jorgen's mom. I, I mean, a, a death of none Skyward <laughs> fight. That's what I'm saying. Right? Like, it, yeah. it's not like Skyward in that sense where, like, we're, we're just murdering people in the, the fight here. That didn't happen. Yeah. And I think also because of the fact that 
these are novellas and a lot of people are going to see them side books to Cytonic and not potentially read them. We can't really kill off any of these characters, <laughs> which is if True. you only read Cytonic and then you get to Defiant and it's like, oh yeah, guys, Arturo's dead now. It's like, that's really disappointing. Like, I actually think when, um, when Cytonic came out, people kept questioning because Jorgen was admiral. It's like, where's Cobb? Yeah, like he was dead. Was Cobb killed off screen? Yes, yes. And people were people like, oh my were god. furious. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, it, that's a very good point, Jess. I like that. You, you can't kill character, main characters off screen mm-hmm. in a novella. You can't do that. Yeah. But I think John C. You C. can just kill their parents. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> those characters don't matter. They're parents much. in a YA novel. They're toast. Okay. <laughs> they have to die. It's, it's surprising they've lasted this long. <laughs> yeah. Spencer's mom, you're unnamed. You're next. Okay. <laughs> Please name her first. Actually, no, if she dies, then we'll have to get her name for like a funeral or something. True. Wouldn't that be funny if that's the only time we get her name is in her funeral scene? We oh. can move her out of the unnamed mother's club on the copper mind into the dead mother's club on the copper mind. The Venn diagram of that, there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> it's almost just one circle. <laughs> I do think Jancy did well, though, in kind of combining the feeling of Starsight with the feeling of Skyward. Like, there Mm. is more tension, I would say, in the um, Skyward flight novellas, but it's not quite to the level of Skyward. Like, I I didn't feel as hopeless as I did during Skyward that just Mm -hmm. everything was terrible, people are going to die left, right, and center. Like, I felt the tension and I was worried during the fights for people, but I never felt that kind of despair that people definitely would die. Like, I think Jancy did tone it down a bit, so it did match Starside a little bit more in terms of tone. I don't know if any of that made sense, but it no. makes sense in my brain. Yeah, it makes, makes perfect sense. sense. I think it, it, going off what we've talked about previously, like in Skyward, there's just that big knowledge gap. And now like mm-hmm. like a knowledge and power differential between mm-hmm. the humans and the Krell. Whereas here, like they have tools to fight back. And so that that inherently mm-hmm. sort of like, well, I mean, maybe we could get to like, maybe we could get to the control room and maybe we could do something. Maybe uh, like there's at least mm-hmm. a hope rather than just like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to be destroyed. <laughs> Have fun with yeah, because like I think a full series of like every book being like Skyward was like it would have been too much. Mm-hmm. But I think the jump between Skyward and Starsight was too abrupt. It may have been better for like that to have slowly been dialed down. Like as like the humans are figuring things out. We're building momentum. We're getting back hope that like the books themselves get more hopeful. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And really, this feels more like the true sequel to Skyward in a way, tonally. Like it, it, yeah. it has the intergalactic politics of aliens, which is very cool. And admittedly, this is written in a way where, you know, you have to have read Starsight. That's fine. I feel like you could have had a story like this be the sequel to Skyward and it wouldn't have been quite so jarring. Um, yeah. Where it's just like, it's an adventure where like, like you totally could have done book two of just like going to Redon. Like that, that could have, that could have happened. You wouldn't have much Delver stuff, I guess, but mm-hmm. he could have made it work. So this felt more natural with the progression of humanity rather than I'm going somewhere totally different. Bye guys. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. And I, I think I was about to say part of the issue, but I don't think it's an issue per se. Part of like the reality of the situation is like Brandon is going to Brandon. Like he has like the idea, like he wants to go in his head and that's the direction he's going to go. And he doesn't have the benefit of having like the books written all at once. Where yes. You can see like, okay, like this, like he's writing things one book at a time. Yeah. So you can't, it's harder to course correct. Mm -hmm. That's going to be really nice in era three, him rewriting, uh, writing the whole thing where he yes. can do that. Because I think we found like in this series, there's a little bit of series weirdness. And I think Stormlight has a similar issue. Like, I don't think it's mm -hmm. as bad, but there's definitely yeah. like, if you could rewrite these books, you could make this a little smoother probably yeah. like it's still really good yeah oh. i'm rereading way of kings at the moment and like knowing where it goes way of kings feels so different to like mm -hmm. rhythm of war like they they're the same series but they feel very different book wise yeah yeah and i think that just gets into going back to what jesse was saying earlier where like there is a version of like a combined book where all of this is integrated, like Brandon could write that. However, how long would that take to yeah. like write and revise until it worked? This series is a lower priority than Stormlight. If mm -hmm. he's going to spend revision, yeah. he's going to do it on Stormlight and Mistborn stuff. And that's the right call. Let's be honest. Yeah. It is. At, at a certain point, he's like this, like you, you have to reach a point of like, this is good enough. Like, could I make this better? Yes. This is, I am content with what I've written. You can't put out as much as Brandon does without being like, okay, you know, perfection is the enemy of good. This is good. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, like people, some people aren't going to like out, it. Pat Rothfuss. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I saw a thing the other day that was actually talking about sewing. Um, mm -hmm. And it was saying that you can look at every single garment you ever make and you will always find flaws. At some point, you just need to accept that it won't be perfect. That doesn't mean that it won't be really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfection doesn't exist. Yeah. But these novellas are pretty good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. If anything, I think Jancy's regret is, man, I wish I had even more space to put more stuff in. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think her biggest regret is forgetting that Arturo's parents are also yeah. an AL, <laughs> not assembly leaders. It's like yeah. the whole assembly didn't wasn't on the yeah, ship. Just half like, of they them. They only sent like half. So presumably Arturo's parents aren't dead. Never comes up. <laughs> Never comes up. To, to be fair, I don't think most of us remembered that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. It still kind of works because we go straight into Jorgen's POV and he is kind of centered on himself. And I think that that's very understandable that he's not kind of thinking of his friend who might also be in a situation because he's currently trying to get alliances, lead the DDF, and also uh, bury his grief because who talks about their feelings nowadays? Mm -hmm. We're defiant. We don't talk about our grief. Come on. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real. Toxic masculinity. It's toxic masculinity, the society. Yeah. So for uh, final thought before we wrap up, what are you guys' favorites and least favorite moments to of the series or of the books? I think 
my favorites are probably just the slugs in general. I don't have a favorites moment. I just have a favorite aspect, which is the slugs and how cute they are. They're very cute. Least favorite me? I don't. Nothing stands out as like a least favorite. Like I read it and went, oh, this is so bad. Having to wait for the next for the resolution to everything. What about you guys? My uh, all of my notes were just like, wow, I really like this and I really like this as well. So there's so much good man. Like, I love detritus jumping. It's just such a like that that entire. It's like a half the novella but of Evershore. But man, that entire battle is just crazy and just everything comes together. I love it. One of my favorite ropes is like the like arrival of reinforcements that you weren't necessarily expecting. Yeah, it's hell like yeah. um in Lord of the Rings. Oh like, yeah, the, the um, Rotorim. Yeah. Uh, like the um at, at the Battle of Helm's Deep, uh-huh. Gandalf arrives with the Rohirrim. It's Avengers assemble at Endgame, where yep. there's like everybody's there. It, it's that's one and of like, the best tropes, though. <laughs> it, it, it it's such a great joke, and we kind of get that a couple times in here. Like we get that with like the arrival of all the slugs of like asking them for help, and then like they showing up in force, like fine, like speaking on behalf on their behalf. Like that's great. We get that with like the Kitson Cytonics yeah. getting rescued yes. and coming in to help. And we get that with Detritus itself just appearing above. And it's like other favorite lines like, uh, yeah, like, can you please move your planet? It's going to rip us apart. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that'd be, that'd be really great if you could you know, just, just like park it yeah, just like, a little bit. Further. <laughs> <laughs> I love the line immediately afterwards as well when they're like, wait, the planet, it has some gravity thing. The planet has grav caps mm. and they're just stunned. <laughs> no. Yeah. Or it's like, it's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like the Tritus has like things. It's like, it's not enough. Please move your planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not great. We're currently going to drown. <laughs> All of that's so good, Ian. And I think that's why the ending of Evershort is so good because it's hopeless and it's like, more reinforcements, more reinforcements. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Do you have a least favorite moment, Ian? I mean, that is my favorite, my least favorite moment. I don't, I can't think of anything. Nothing stands out as like a yeah. thing I specifically no. dislike. No. Oh, I love FM and Rig as well. I, I really yeah. like it. They're really good. Yeah, they're cute. Yeah. I have a couple of things that are kind of my favorite, like FM and Rig, definitely hands down. I love their relationship so much. And like Jorgen's pain, just all of it, just making him sad. I loved being in his head and dealing with his grief. And so like that scene where he's sitting in the meeting hall and he's literally having a panic attack to the point that he throws mind blades at everybody. Yeah. And it works. And just it works. And I think Bo- Boom Slug's there and Boom Slug's just like, boom. <laughs> boom. So cute. But hands down, you guys have already mentioned it. 
the best scene I think in the entire novellas is the Tritus jumping. Like, you know it's going to happen if you've already read Cytonic because you know that the Tritus is in orbit around Evershore. And it is still such an incredible moment that just was so good and like topped everything else in the books for me. I I knew it was going to happen and that didn't detract at all. And I think that is a sign of incredible writing when you can still give that feeling, even if someone knows what's going to happen. True. Yeah. My least favorite moment, though, I will say is also from the Battle at Avishore and is to do with the Life Buster, because I was so excited when there was a Life Buster, because that was such a big thing in uh, Skyward, right? They, They were terrified of them. And it's completely trivial. They just get rid of it immediately using the exact same technique. And I just wish there was like a little bit more to it and it was a little bit more dangerous and they had to do a little bit more to get rid of it. I don't know. It just kind of seemed to be there and then it was gone. Mm. And I was kind of disappointed by that because I was so excited when it first turned off. I feel like this is a thing I talked about in our like original like Evershore reactions. You definitely did. (laughs) Where it's like, I like that. Because I I like that it shows like there was this big problem and it was such a scary thing to them in Skyward. But they figured out how to deal with it. So it's like it's no longer as scary because they, they have a solution. Like they know what to do and they did it in video games. This is the metaphor I use. And as I like, I really like this metaphor. Like the first boss or like an early game boss like shows up later in the game, like as a mini boss or even just as a regular enemy. And it helps show like how much like you've grown as a character that like this thing that was so big and scary isn't so scary anymore. I think I would have liked it if it was just like a little bit more than what it was. Like, I, I see what you're saying. I think I would have liked exactly what you're saying if there was just a little bit more to it but it just it just seemed to turn up and that it was gone just a little bit more in the middle that's all i wanted that's that's the only complaint i think i have about the entire like three novellas everything else was fantastic thank you for watching you can find us at 17thchar.com for all the news discussion theories and fun you could ever want you can find us on facebook twitter soundcloud You can leave us a review on iTunes, you can subscribe on YouTube, and you can also support us on Patreon. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.